today on Kingdom Rock Radio. I'm so consumed about worries. Am I going to get the job? Am I going to get the money? And um, is is God going to come through in this area? Is He going to come through in this area? Is it all over? Is this never going to happen for me? And we go here and there and here and there. And God simply says, "Be still." Well, on today's broadcast, you're going to hear part number four of the series entitled "The Golden Compass." Today's subtitle is "Be Still." You know, in life, we can get so frustrated trying to solve different problems. We can get angry at people and angry at God if things don't progress fast enough. But you know, in all the hustle and bustle of life, you'll find that God speaks in a still, small voice. You've got to hear today's message, and I know that it's going to bring you peace as you be still and know that He is God. Well, in Psalm 46, Psalm 46, uh, we're going to look in a few verses here. We're going to read really verses, um, probably the whole Psalm here, Psalm 46, and then we're going to go on. We're speaking today. We're, remember, we're still in the subject, the vast subject entitled uh, the golden compass, the golden compass. And I believe today is part number four in that series of the golden compass. It could be part five, but praise the Lord. It's four. All right. Part four in the golden compass. We've been talking about direction and and um, following the, the word of the Lord and speaking uh, that direction forth. So just a whole lot of things. So if you have not had a chance to go back and hear to hear the rest of it, then I advise you to do so. You can go forth and uh, just go online to our website at kingdomrock.org or download the app to your mobile devices and, and um and hear it, or there are some free CDs there on the table as well. All right. And Psalm 46, verse number one, it reads like this. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, will not we fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, Though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. There is a river, the streams, the streams whereof uh, shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall never, rather, she shall not be moved. God shall keep, rather, shall help her. And that right early. The heathen raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord. What desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in fire. Verse 10, which is our power verse today. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. 
isn't the Lord wonderful? What you may notice also in your Bibles, you may notice before verse number one, it gives just a brief introduction. It says to the chief musician for the sons, for the sons of Korah, a song upon um, Alamoth. Now, this psalm, Psalm 46, is a song that the writer writes, and he's writing it for, it says, for the sons of Korah. Well, Korah, we know who he is. Korah was the one that led the rebellion against Moses in the wilderness. And the word Korah actually means bald. means bald, meaning without a covering. So this song uh, is really written, it says, for the song, for the sons of Korah, or for the descendants of Korah, for the descendants of those who are without a covering that are rebellious. Do I, I think I know some people, maybe you know some people that are without a covering, that are just out there, rebellious to the things of God. And it's very particular. Now he says, I want you to sing, he said, a song upon Alamoth. And that means really a song to be sung in a female voice or feminine voice, soprano voice. And I love this because he puts the song in a female tone, in a more sweet or gentle tone, not in a male voice. Sometimes when daddy speaks, it can sound a bit judgmental. It can sound a bit harsh. But mama's voice comes in and it just sort of soothes. So God said, sing this song, sing this song. I want you to write it for the sons of Korah, for the descendants of Korah. Those that are without a covering, those, those that have been rebellious. Let that be sung with gentleness before them. And he goes down and we can see that there is a lot of trouble in the land. There's earthquakes and mountains are moving and the, and the sea is roaring. A whole lot of things are happening. What we call natural uh, disasters or acts of God. It's a terrible time. And while this time is going on, he says in verse number one, that God is our refuge. Even you. He said, I'll be your refuge. I'll be a refuge and your strength, a very present help when in trouble. That's right. A very present help in trouble. He said, I'll help you. Look at the mercy of God. And he goes all the way down. And as you'll see, there's something different about verse 10 that does not occur in all the other verses. And, and we're going to go on from here. You'll find that in all the other verses we just read, verses 1 through 11, they simply talk about God. He says in verse number 1, God is this. And, and he goes on down, the Lord is with you in verse number 7. And he goes all the way through. But verse number 10 has a different tone. It is as if God himself is there and he is speaking. And he says, be still and know that I am God. He does not say be still and know that he is God as if the writer is simply speaking about God again. No, this is a 
personal note here as if God is peeking his head uh, within the pages and he's confirming us and letting us know I am here. In the trouble, in the calamity, though we've made mistakes, though we've made errors, God said, be still and know that I am God. Be still. And we'll look at that subject today, really. Be still. Stand still. Breathe. Listen. The Father says to us very strictly today or very... We can say very pointed today and very calmly, he says, be still, stand still, breathe and listen. Be still, meaning relax your mind. Relax. Relax your mind. Stand still. We'll look at that today, Lord willing. Stand still, meaning stop what you're doing. Stop your activities. Just stop. Just stop. Breathe. That is. Exhale. And listen. Really listen for the voice of God. I pray you hear this word today. As we're talking about direction, there are some times that we that the Lord says move left or move right or move forward or go back. There are some times when the Lord says to us, go quickly. But then there are other times when he says, just stop. Just stop. And this is the word that the Lord gives us today. And he simply tells us, be still. We can be so consumed about the cares of this life, so consumed about worries. Am I going to get the job? Am I going to get the money? Uh, um, is, is God going to come through in this area? Is he going to come through in this area? Is it all over? Is this never going to happen for me? And we go here and there and here and there. And God simply says, be still. Be still. Be still. Calm your mind. Calm your spirit. Relax. And you'll find today that God speaks and God works in the silence. Ecclesiastes tells us in uh, chapter 3, verse 7, it tells us that there is a time to rend and there's a time to sow. And there is also a time to keep silence. And there's also a time to speak. The book of Zephaniah, the first chapter, verse number 7 the Bible declares Zephaniah verse um, chapter one, verse seven, it says, hold thy peace at the presence of the Lord God. For the day of the Lord is at hand for the Lord hath prepared a sacrifice. He had bid his guest. It says in the beginning, hold thy peace or be quiet. Be silent. Be silent. You'll find that a lot of things happens, wonderful, many wonderful things happens, happens in the silence, in a silent atmosphere. Again, the Lord has seen many of you running to and fro. You're so worried. You're so, you're so up at odds. You don't know what's going to do. It seems like when one thing, uh, 
it happens, then it, that seems to go away. And then something else happens. Seems like you're constantly under pressure and you're constantly running, constantly running, constantly trying to think this through and, and think that through. And God simply says, be still. Be still. And know that I am God. God is the ruler, the supreme ruler, the one who controls everything. Simply saying, I've got everything under control. Relax. There is a rest that belongs to the people of God. When we cease from our labors. This is why the Lord Jesus says, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I'll give you rest. Be still. There are some times when the Lord says, be still. And then he says, stand still. In the the book of Ephesians, it says, having done all to stand, you've done everything you know how to do. Then stand. Stop your moving. Stop your activity. And see what the Lord is going to do. It's time to stand. And so many times, especially there in the book of Exodus, the 14th chapter, Exodus 14, verse number, verse number uh, 13, we can see how when the Lord was leading the children of Israel out of Egypt and Pharaoh was hot on their tracks and the people began to cry out before Moses and they said, uh, didn't we tell you back in Egypt to leave us alone? That we may serve the Egyptians. Verse, this is verse 12. If, uh, Exodus verse 14 verse 12. They said for it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians. Than that we should die in the wilderness. Mumbling and grumbling. That's what we can do when things don't seem to go right. You believe in God for the right thing, but then it seems like everything, it seems like all hell is breaking loose. It seems like we should have just stayed over there. Why in the world did I give, did I give my tithe? Why in the world did I keep coming to church? Why in the world we begin to question God? Lord, didn't I tell you just to leave me alone? I had it better back in the club. I had it better this and that and the other. But how does Moses answer this? Moses said unto the people, fear ye not. Stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today for the Egyptians whom you have seen today. You shall see them again no more forever. Stand still. Sometimes when we, when we, we have so much activity, when we keep trying to figure this out and, and keep trying to figure that out and keep trying to keep trying, we keep trying, we keep trying, keep trying. Sometimes that's not a sign of faith. It's actually a sign of doubt. Yes, yes. God says, stand still. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Stand still. Jesus. Quiet your mind. Jesus. Quiet your heart. Quiet your soul. Stand still. Be still. Because it is in the quiet places that the Father will speak to you. And sometimes you know very well when you're trying to figure something out and you're just running your head up against the wall and you don't know what to do, especially maybe if you're in class or something on the job and you're trying to figure out a problem, an equation, and you just, you say, I just don't understand it. Sometimes it's best just to leave it alone. 
and go sit somewhere and just relax. And as you're relaxing, as you are exhaling, the answer comes. It's not the answer has not been there. It has been there all the while, but we've been too busy. We've been too loud in our thinking to hear what God was saying all the all while. And so he has to come to some of us, even sometimes in a dream, to speak to us. As Joseph, the, the father, um, or we can say the stepfather, if you will, of the Lord Jesus or the husband of Mary, was the only way the Lord talked to him was in a dream. Does he have to catch you when you're sleeping to talk to you? Because we're so busy running throughout the day, so busy running, so busy running, so busy worrying, so busy with our desires, so busy here, so busy there that he can't get to us. He can only talk to us in a dream. You find in many other places, as in the book of Samuel, the first chapter, verse number three, verses uh, chapter three, verses one through ten. This is where God begins to call Samuel, the prophet Samuel. And where does he call him? He calls Samuel when he's laying down, when he is quiet. And he calls to him four times, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel rises up from his, from his bed and goes to the, goes to the high priest, Eli. Eli says, I didn't call you. Samuel goes back to sleep. He goes back to his bed. God calls again, Samuel. Samuel, he gets back up and goes to Eli again. You did call me. Eli said, look, I did not call you. Go back to bed. Samuel goes back the third time and and he hears the voice of God. Samuel, Samuel. He goes back up and said, look, I know you called me. But this time Eli has a revelation. God must be calling the boy. He says, look, when you go back to bed this time, when you hear it again, say, here am I, Lord, your servant hears. He goes back to bed and God calls him again, Samuel, Samuel. It is in the resting place that you will hear God's voice speaking to you. Be still and know that I am God. That's what the Bible declares in the book of Psalms, the 46th chapter. Let's look at another account. Let's look in the book of first Kings, first Kings 19. We'll We'll go there. First Kings 19. First Kings, the 19th chapter. The Lord says, be still. You're, you're too noisy. You're too noisy. You're worried about too much stuff. Difference between Mary and Martha as they, Mary, as the Lord Jesus came over to Lazarus' house and, and, Mary was cumbered about with many things. But Mary was, uh, that is, Martha was cumbered about. She was doing a whole lot, of, whole lot of stuff. But And she told Jesus, hey, you need to tell her that she needs to come and help me in this kitchen. But Jesus said, no, she's chosen the best part. She was still in the Lord's presence, hearing his words. Are you hearing? First Kings 19 and we know here, let me tell you what happened, what's happening here. What's happening here is that, um, Elijah had just, I mean, he'd, so many, he'd wrought a wonderful work. And of course he, 
had a confrontation with the prophets of Baal, and they're all dead now. And, and he received a note from Jezebel saying, by this time tomorrow, you're going to die. He's under a lot of pressure. And so he takes off and he runs, runs away from the problem. Many of us are just running away from the problem. We are very active. We are very active. We can be consumed with the problem. So consumed that the problem can disconnect us or has disconnected us from family or friends. Elijah runs and he gets there upon a tree and he, and he rests and an angel comes to him and says, hey, here's something to eat. Eat this. And you've got to go a whole lot of days, about 40 days. God wants to talk to you in the mountain. As Elijah was resting under a tree at rest, silent, an angel came to him. And he finally gets to this mountain and God begins to deal with him here in, in 1 Kings, the 19th chapter, verse number 11. The Lord says to him, go out and stand before me on the mountain. And the Lord told him. Well, now let me get this in the King James Version because I want to read it with you because I know you have King James. Praise the Lord. He says, verse 11, and he said, go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. And it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering in of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, what doest thou here, Elijah? What, what are you doing here? Notice something. When we're looking for a move of God in our lives, when we're, when we're looking for deliverance, we're looking for change, often we expect God to come in a mighty whirlwind to push things away. God move in power. God move in power. We're expecting the wind, the, the hurricane, the gale force winds to come in, but God's not in that. Sometimes he may. Then after that, there was what an earthquake and oh, all the awesome power was there, but God wasn't there. There was fire. Surely God is in all this tremendous fire, but he wasn't there. It was in a still, small voice, a whisper. If you're looking for always the dramatic some people look for God and they just say, God, just take over and just, just move me where you want me to go. Just do this and do that. Oh, God, just do this. Just do this. But sometimes the Lord just moves very softly. His voice is very soft, very still. He can move in those other ways. 
But when you fail to see him in these others, listen to his voice. Listen for his voice. Again, the Lord says, be still. Stand still. Breathe. Listen. Listen. You'll find the God, you find that the Lord moves in the silence. As we begin to close, I want to take us to the book of Acts, Acts the 12th chapter here. Acts the 12th chapter. I want to show you something here in Acts 12. I pray that your hearts are receiving what the Lord is saying today. Because so many are expecting so many things to happen. But this is the utterance from heaven. This is what God is saying right now. Be still. Stand still. Breathe. So wrapped up that we don't even breathe. We're hyperventilating, hyperventilating. Oh God, oh God. Breathe, breathe. Listen. Calm yourself. Peace. Be still. As a matter of fact, when the Lord Jesus came back in his glorified state after he was arisen and he came back to his disciples at his appearance, they were freaking out. Oh, God, what's going on here? And he had to tell them, peace. Be still. He had to calm them down first so that he could speak to them. And this is what the Lord is doing today. You find that same language there in 2 Chronicles, the 20th chapter, 2 Chronicles 20. As five kings were coming and they were attacking the, about to attack the people of God. The Lord says in verse 17, he says, ye shall not need to fight in this battle. He says, set yourselves, stand ye still and see the salvation of the Lord. Stand still. Stop your worrying. The Lord says, stop your complaining. Be still. And know that he is God. He is the ruler. He is the controller of all things. The father says, stand still. Calm your mind. Be still. Calm your mind. Stand still. Stop all the running around. Stop. He says, breathe. Thank you, Jesus. And listen to his voice. You find the answer has been there. And he's been waiting on you just to be still so that he could talk to you. Acts the 12th chapter, Acts 12. We see here, we won't go read it all, but we see here in Acts 12 chapter that King Herod decided that he was going to stretch his forth uh, stretch his hand forth and vex the church and he uh, grabbed James and he killed him had him killed with the sword and when he saw that it pleased the Jews he said well I think I'll get me another one of these apostles it made him popular and so he stretched forth his hand again, and he this time he took one of the bishops of the church. He took Peter. 
And he commanded his soldiers to hold him until after the Passover. King James says Easter here, and Easter is actually the Passover. He said, hold them here. Hold Peter here in prison until after Passover. We're going to put him on trial, and we're going to kill him. And so what happens here that as Peter was there, as he was in prison, verse 5, it says, And Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. The church prayed, prayed, prayed. Verse 6, when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, Peter was doing what? Sleeping. Is that what it says in your Bible? He's about to be executed the next day. He's already seen Pastor James executed, Brother James executed. Why in the world would he be sleeping when he knows that he is about to be put on trial and about to be killed the very next day? Hmm. He's sleeping. You sure he says sleeping? He says sleeping? Because a lot of people I know wouldn't be sleeping. They'll be up worrying and complaining and saying, oh, God, I've been following you. And now they're going to cut off my head. They're going to run me through with a sword. Oh, God, why, why me? Why me? Oh, God, why me? Why does all this have to happen to me? Why not you? Hallelujah. But Peter, sleeping, he was still. He was at rest. He was relaxed. He was asleep. On the night before his execution. He was asleep. The Bible says here that that, uh, Peter was asleep between two soldiers. Bound with chains. And the keepers before uh, the door kept the prison. So they're There are about 16 different guards here, and two are right there with Peter, and Peter is in chains. The the King Herod really did not want him to go. Chain them up. Two guards on either side of him. Peter's sleeping between the two. There are guards at the front gate, guards at the outer gate. There are guards everywhere that he does not get away. It's curtains for you, Peter. And the church knows this, but the church is praying. The Bible says that as he was asleep, as he was at rest, says in verse number seven, and behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him and a light shined in the prison and he smote Peter on the side and raised him up saying, arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. Angel comes in, touches Peter. Get up, man. It's time to get out of here. There were no booms. There were no explosions. There were no earthquakes here. As in the time of Paul and Silas. There was none of that. Very quietly. The angel came in. While everybody was sleeping. Still. Peter was sleeping. Touched him. It's time to get out of here. Touched him on his side. And his chain just fell off. He's getting deliverance. In silence. God can deliver you in silence. 
Let's read on a little bit further. It says, and they just said unto him, gird thyself or put your clothes on, man. And bind on thy sandal, put on your shoes. And so he did. And he said unto him, cast thy garment, get your coat, man, put it on too. Cast your garment about thee and follow me. And he went out and followed him and wist not that it was true, which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. He thought he was dreaming. He thought the whole thing was a dream. He didn't know that he was actually being delivered in silence. As an angel came in, look at what's happening now. All these guards all around him, he's asleep. Angel comes in, taps him. Hey, get up. Chains fall off. Put your shoes on. Put your pants on, man. Get your coat. Let's go. And so they began to go out of the prison, passing all these guards. Peter thought it was a vision. Verse 10. Uh, when they were past the first and the second ward, passing all these guards, just walking right out. They came unto the iron gate that leadeth unto the city, which opened to them of his own accord. The gate just opened up by itself. As God delivers Peter out. And they went out and passed on through one street and forthwith the angel departed from him. And when Peter was come to himself and said, now I know of a surety that the Lord has sent his angel and have delivered me out of the hand of Herod. And from all the expectation of of the people uh, of the Jews, he didn't realize it until he was far out of danger. That God did this thing. You can read the rest of it when you get home. Because when he gets to the house where the disciples were, rather where the other saints were praying, where the church were praying, he gets to the house and he knocks on the door and Rhoda comes to the door and knows it's Peter. Who is it? He says, it's Peter. What? Who? And she runs all the way back, tell the group that was still praying, hey y'all, Peter is here at the door. I said, oh, you crazy, girl. You crazy. Peter kept on knocking, kept on knocking, kept on knocking. And she kept insisting. I'm telling you, Peter is at the door. And then they said, well, you know, it's his angel. It's, it's his angel. Meaning one, two things. One, that, um, you know, God has assigned us all angelic forces or, or guardian angels. And our guardian angels look like us. So they figured, hey, it's, it's his angel. Or that he was already dead and that's his spirit knocking on the door. They didn't expect this. It's his angel. Let's keep going. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. He kept on knocking until finally somebody went to the door and it was Peter. He had to calm them down. Hold, hold up. I'm sure someone started a hyperventilate. No, it's really me. God did this. They may have been expecting one thing, but God gave them something entirely different. So today, I pray you hear the voice of the Spirit that simply says, be still. Stand still. Breathe. Breathe. Get by yourself and just breathe. And listen. It is in that place, in the silent place, 
that you will hear God and that you'll find your deliverance will come. Amen. I pray you've heard the word of God today. We're done in Jesus' mighty name. We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more. Right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10. Wednesday night we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a prayer request, by all means, please log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer page. Until tomorrow, remember that Jesus is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.